0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of MGR Unplugged. Uh, We're recording this on June 11th, and this is good for a historical perspective, since, uh, you know, this year seems to be very unusual compared to any other year. I'm here with David, my uh, co-host. Hello. And, um, yeah, you know, it's funny. I was thinking the other day, 2020 is like a dream nightmare that you kind of think that you're going to wake up from it and say, oh, What happened? I thought it was in a pandemic and these demonstrations and all these things going on. And then, oh, it's just a new year, you know, but it's already June and we're still here.
1: Can I say one thing that's probably a little uh, contrarian and doesn't mean that I'm not trying to be. How do I say this? Yeah, be careful. (laughs) How do I say it? I, I mean, I want to basically, you know, sometimes it's good to get a little shock to the system, especially when things are so monotonous. And uh, I think this year has certainly been a shock to the system to in everybody's more system. ways than one. Um, and obviously, I'm not denying the tragedy of so many things that have happened between uh, the pandemic first, George Floyd. You know, I saw a, th- a thing the other day that someone was making like a, it was like a fake movie trailer for 2020, the movie. Yeah, yeah. And it started with uh, Kobe Bryant's death. Oh, yeah, that seems like. And I was like, oh, my God. I, I know. Like with everything that happened, I forgot that he even died. I know. Not that I forgot that he died, but it was like, Oh my god, like that was like awesome. that feels like so long ago. And that was yeah. only a few months ago. Yeah,
0: basketball was hit twice back to back with uh with uh yeah, David Stern. David Stern, died Stern the also. commissioner, and then and then Kobe Bryant's accident, which happened just before the All-Star break. Like it in was February it was the end of January. The end of January, yeah, yeah that was a big January deal. So, anyways, guys, we have a lot of things going on today. Um we're gonna discuss first um some e commerce news as far as advertising and then we'll probably get into a little bit of a more controversial topic with uh, college tuitions and what to do this for with a lot of people that are in that predicament of how much should they pay for college when college is not giving them back what they expect as far as the ability to go to classrooms and lectures and everything else. So we'll get started right away but before let's just play the music people can tell me to stop lower the lights down hand over my crown hand over my heart yes. i do this for my town yes. i do this for my crowd so turn me your real loud my time my time none of you people can tell me to stop all right welcome back david what did you say before about the phone or something or sounds or oh we
1: were we were talking about before the podcast we decided to save it and uh we are cuz you were complaining about uh, that I you, never complain. No, you were definitely complaining. You were <laughs> saying like, I can't have five minutes of silence without my phone going off. And I told you that my phone is like perpetually in do not disturb these days. Like I have totally, I don't like any sounds anymore. So my computer I, is always silent. I don't like any noise notifications. My phone is always silent. Uh, and even not just silent now, but more and more, I just go full do not disturb because it's too distracting. Especially when I'm working, I find way, way, way too many times that I'm in the middle of something. Then I get a notification and it totally, I can't, I don't, it's like subconsciously my
0: but that's what happens. reptilian brain is just like, reptilian. oh my
1: God, something happened. But that's what
0: happens. You have it in, do not disturb, so they disturb me and then I end up getting the calls that will be for you.
1: No, because you can... <laughs> I still check it for work stuff, but as far as like now, it is a problem because not a problem, but I'm okay. I'm a bad texture now because I reply to texts super late and I miss texts all the time, but I don't care. I don't care about being a good texture. I I need my sanity. I mean,
0: I I do a little bit of the computer sounds, like I don't have these email pop-up notifications. I check my email when I check my email. I usually do another stuff, And especially when you're doing numbers and uh, analytics and things like that for campaigns that you you kind of have a focus and all of a sudden something comes and distracts you, Skype, something like that.
1: I also turned off all notifications for all apps except for like text calls, and yeah, emails. me too. Me too. But yeah, other on the phone. phone that, yeah, I, I don't, don't get any, any notifications anymore. Yeah,
0: I don't need, uh, yeah, I only have texts and I think WhatsApp because that's family stuff. But um, emails or any, obviously, social media is turned off. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to draw the line, especially these days that we're all working more remotely. And our team, you know, is obviously working from home and other stuff. So we rely on, you know, online communication like Skype or Zooms or, you know, any kind of video conference. And so you can't really fully disconnect. I mean, when people need you, no. they need you. And especially with our team also. So, so. No,
1: but on my on com- this is the thing. When I'm working, I have all my communication open on my computer. So I don't need my phone, basically. Yeah. So yeah. I can communicate with the team on my computer. I don't need my phone. So I can just, I literally, well, I'll, I'll put my phone on do not disturb. And I'll just like put it somewhere like 10 feet away. So I don't even touch it. I don't even see it. And then when I'm ready and I'm done with what I'm doing, then I'll go check my phone. That's good. That's been working for me, but yeah, I don't know. It's too much
0: phone these days, honestly. It is, we rely on the phone and, uh, but you know, like. It's a
1: great tool, but sometimes it's just, it's bad. The thing that I find myself doing, I actually, I actually have a new habit now. Whenever I decide to sit down and if I'm going to watch a movie or a show, I had a really bad habit of just in the middle of it being like, if, you know, if the movie, there's a little lull or whatever, I just immediately pull up my phone. I'm like, no, 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 stop, stop doing that. Like I, I noticed that myself, I'm going to watch something. I'm going to watch. the good thing
0: about going to the movie theaters, you know, yeah, these places exactly. that you go to the movies when
1: back in the days. So now what I do is I will, I will leave my phone in another room when I'm watching a movie <sighs> it's or that's something. That's extreme. Because I, I want to, I want to watch it. And it's like, I don't do it because I. It, it really becomes like a mini addiction if I'm just pulling out my phone anytime like I'm slightly bored. It's easy. Yeah, you it's know? easy to
0: just find some downtime and then pop, check the phone, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. You, I mean, Twitters, whatever. I I um, I just came off. It's funny to say that because I just came off of a two-hour conference call with one of our clients in Spain, and uh, so my phone was muted, not off, and doing the call, the video call that I had, I was... Uh, my phone was just getting calls, and and then it was sound on WhatsApp, and then do not disturb, and then decline this, and I pressed so many buttons there that I was like, my phone was like all these, you know, little notifications of things that happened in the last two hours. I'm thinking, man, it's just too much, you know, you're and it distracts you every time you're you're with some other line of thinking. So, all right, well, let's um, shift over to um, some e-commerce updates. Um, one of the things that I wanted to uh, go over today is uh, we're in June now, and we've seen this. It's, it's interesting how, in the first, you know, five and a half months of a year, um, we've seen this trend with advertising specifically. How advertising costs were very high uh, as the year ended. Obviously, we came off of the uh, the Christmas season where everybody's trying to advertise online, the Cyber Mondays and all that stuff. So the more demand for ad space means more expensive ads basically, cost per clicks and so forth. Um, So we came from there to a high peak of uh, CPM costs and then um, the uh, pandemic started and all of a sudden everything was shut down. Nobody was shopping. All the advertisers pulled their money and they said, okay, let's save the money. That happened to us, obviously, with our clients and then obviously everybody did it. They canceled campaigns, stopped campaigns, whatever. So all the advertising costs were down even though traffic was up for all the social media and all the internet because people are home that are on the internet but the traffic as far as the purchasing was down and the advertisers just pulled all the budgets and they didn't know exactly what's going on and now we're seeing the opposite where um after everything is kind of settled and we kind of have an idea what's happening and people are saying okay well now we need to be online if we weren't online before we need to be online to be able to sell, otherwise we don't have a future. And those that were already online have a little better picture saying we need to double down and basically just try to dominate this sector now because what we expected in our online transition from retailer, physical retailer to online to, to go over in the next, you know, two to three years now is happening like this fast. So that's an interesting fact, and, and and seeing how even even people that make a business or a, a living actually as like YouTubers and all that stuff see their CPMS, how they are affecting you know the traffic and uh, even from different countries. Um, so, what are your thoughts on that as far as what you've seen running campaigns as part of the CPMS increasing, decreasing? What, what will you do? or What is the recommendation that you have for people that are? Either already advertising online or thinking about advertising online, what, what what do you think? Do you think will be the new strategy moving forward? The new
1: strategy? Uh, that's a different topic. As far as the ad rates go, um, yeah, March saw a dip, basically because one, you had all the retailers who pulled all their ad budgets because uh, they don't have customers, um, and then a ton of. Uh, travel industry also pulled their ad budgets, which is a uh, huge advertiser, especially on the Google side. Less so on Facebook, but especially on Google. Um, and then just a lot of companies, generally, basically, you know, when when the second there's a recession looming, everybody cuts ad budgets. That's like one of the first things that gets cut. So right. in March we saw the cuts, but then especially for e-commerce, uh, because all the retail stores were closed and everybody started buying online, and we saw e-commerce just explode. Most of the e-commerce companies now have started doubling down on their budgets and increasing their budgets a ton to the point now that in May and now here early in June, ad rates are at or even exceeding pre-virus levels. Mm -hmm. Um, So really it was like a minor dip and then almost like the V-shaped recovery, but in ad rates too. Um, which the thing that'll be really interesting is when all the retail comes back, which is a different discussion because I don't know how much is gonna come back. Those guys are gonna bring their ad budgets back. So we, this may end up causing ad rates overall just to grow much faster than anybody anticipated. So if you were used to getting say uh, $12 CPM on Facebook, A year from now, you may be getting a 16 and you're going to have to just live with that. You know, I think that's going to be the new reality, especially because you have to keep in mind, too, in this period. A lot of other advertising uh, outlets have disappeared. So like outdoor uh, has basically disappeared. If there's no one outside, then you can't have outdoor media. You can't have billboards. You can't have subway ads. You can't have all those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, TV commercials, you know, if all these big companies who spend tons on sporting events and all that. If all the sporting events are gone, there's no ads to be there. So basically the ad uh, supply has shrunk. And so the available ad channels, and especially the ones that are more performance-driven, like digital, uh, basically are getting all the money right now. Where it'll be in another year or two as things kind of normalize, hard to predict. But I definitely think that overall we'll probably see a... If I were to guess, I would say that... We'll see probably a twenty percent increase in ad rates from
0: pre-virus to like twenty twenty one. Basically, right? We, we we saw already. I think it was last year the first time that um, online advertising surpassed uh, television advertising as far as global yeah. advertising numbers and budget. And um, obviously, with with the pandemic and the situation this year, thus the The bigger winner is going to be all the online advertisers, the Google's, the Facebooks, slash Instagram, Amazon. Uh, oh, and that's
1: the other one. Amazon ad rates have oh. spiked completely. <laughs> well, I mean, because everybody's buying on Amazon. Ab- exactly. No, obviously, sales on Amazon have gone up a ton too, but ad rates on Amazon are obscene. Right now, I mean, Amazon well, that, by, they, by they have become the
0: uh, de facto store for everything. I mean, they yeah. even Amazon obviously had to even change their Prime rules, as we discussed in different but, shows, to to say we're gonna prioritize first necessity type goods and Yeah, they the don't do stuff, that, but they're back to they don't do about. that anymore. But they did it obviously at the beginning just to prioritize things that were, uh, you know, extremely you know, demand and needed and but all that
1: stuff. But my point is that on Amazon. Uh, whereas Facebook, I think it's hard to, t- I don't know the, across the industry g- globally, but I can see through our clients, basically ad rates, uh, ad rates have probably gone up roughly 20% from mm-hmm. pre pandemic. Um, and now on, on Amazon, it's easily doubled in a lot of cases, uh, cause Amazon goes by cost per click, not CPM. Mm-hmm. And I've seen many of our clients where they were paying dollars a click and now they're paying four dollars a click right i mean which, that's
0: insane which in reality what that effectively means is that you have a certain budget for the month for advertising online right um, you get half as many clicks <clears throat> now. exactly you, you now your buying power has decreased by 20
1: 30 40 percent now the conversion rate of those clicks here's the thing people are spending that money because people are the conversion rates on amazon have gone up a lot too because basically now people don't have a choice of Okay, because if a lot of people kind of look online for a product and then maybe go to a retail store and then they decide, okay, maybe I'll buy it on Amazon, maybe I'll just buy it in the store. Now they don't have that. Now they just go to Amazon and they just buy it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, That has increased the conversion rates a lot. Obviously overall sales numbers on Amazon have skyrocketed. So um, for e-com in general, it's been a very good time. The question is, you know, where will everything be a year from now when things are normalized? that's a, a major question that we don't really have the answer to. It, it, it also wow. matters how much retail comes back. I wrote in
0: my newsletter this week that this idea of a retail comeback, I don't well, know. Well, I mean, the, we already know some stores are not coming back, and, and not just retail. I mean, even um, things that are not retail, like advertising for restaurants or well, hotels. Well, I, I
1: mean more in the e-commerce context <clears throat> of, mm-hmm. like, how will e-commerce sales do once everything's back open and normal? Uh, I think that basically e-com penetration went from 15% to 30% of the total pie as they call it of consumer spending i don't think it'll stay at 30 but i think it could easily stay at like 25% which would be i mean more, not quite double but you know up 80% from where we were 4 months ago um, so that's we'll
0: see we'll see what happens the, uh, but the other aspect is that uh, as we've mentioned before here um you can see how the major platforms from Google to Facebook to Shopify, all these are trying to grow faster or add as many features as possible to their own um, uh, e-commerce platforms because they see that that is where the consumer is these days. Consumers are not going to retail stores and and actually it doesn't look like they're going so much like everybody you know we, we keep seeing that we need to reopen the economy in fact, the news today with the market going down today about five percent is that they're saying even if there's a second wave we cannot afford to shut down the economy like we did the first time so that tells you how much of a damage was done and then you can plug the holes as much as you can pumping money and printing money and all that stuff but at some point you need to realize we need to find another solution maybe that works for the first you know two three months but we cannot do that like every time there's a reopening or something so um the uh, the um, the part that these uh, companies are realizing is that we need to put as much as less friction as possible for the uh, our platform, our viewers, our consumers to find what they're looking for online as easy as possible. Like for example, Shopify um, adding a bunch of features, even working with Facebook on other features like Facebook shops and all stuff. stuff. Uh, Google is trying to get as much of the marketplace as possible away from Amazon as well. So everybody now is seeing, okay, we're going to try to capture these consumers that before we're going to a retail store and now they're not going any longer. And now we need to get more advertisers that way. So that's another factor that I think is, is affecting that. So, uh, so um, again, I mean, this is something that a lot of companies need to realize that their budget that they had, whatever their marketing pie is, uh, whether it is for print and, you know, one of the one of the uh, advertising channels that is coming back now is direct mail.
1: Well, I'll, okay, to finish on the on the digital side, the one that's hurting the most still is actually um, display. Display ha- dropped a lot and hasn't really recovered. I think the biggest reason for that is because display is very much non-performance driven. It's much more of a,
0: a so brand branding more, yeah.
1: and just mass impressions versus like it's very rarely that I see a display campaign that gets a great conversion rate, right? So it's much more of that. That has dropped a lot and hasn't really recovered. And because of that, that's why you see so many uh, digital media companies hurting right now that's why you see all these big layoffs at whether it's vox or vice or any of these digital media companies basically their ad inventory is just not selling uh, or at least not selling nearly at the rates that they were selling at three months ago or four months ago um, that's the one that's hurt the most will it come back um yes but I think display needs to change. I think that display is outdated. It was what? one of the early internet uh, advertising When methods. you say
0: display, are you just talking about the typical like, banner? Banner or? ads on
1: websites, um, things like that. What like about when you go to vox.com, you get different ads on the articles or right. wherever. Right. That's what I'm talking about, basically. That's where they get a lot but of- But like
0: revenue. the advertising network, like uh, the double clicks and all that placing those ads, or you're talking also responsive ads that are like- they're display but they are not really bannered pre-designed banners they are more i'm like- talking
1: the whole i'm talking that uh how do you say it add s- those ad spots mm-hmm. basically um i think that the, the effectiveness i don't just think i know from data that the effectiveness of those ads consistently goes down year over year yeah well year. The, the conversion whereas, rate for those is very low right, to begin whereas with. other ads like say facebook it's not. Facebook, it depends. Like in some cases, it's decreased. In other cases, it's increased year over year. So, but those ads, especially because there's so many media companies that have been egregious with the ad placements, like like I've mentioned them before, and I'll keep mentioning them because they're the worst out of them all. I can't even go to Forbes.com anymore. Yeah. Because they'll have that's, an autoplay video, a mega pop-up banner. That's the publishers, a top yeah. Right, all of those ads, when you have all that garbage, then it makes them basically ineffective and it just annoys the hell out of people. And why do you think so many people have ad blockers these days? Mm-hmm. It's because of that. It's because they're so annoying, basically. Yeah. Um, though that ad inventory is intrusive and the I think continually the ads that we see, will be seeing work are the non-intrusive uh, value add ads that basically people want to see not the ads that are just hey here's a pop-up real quick in, in your right. face well That's- you can
0: see how you can also see how the uh the demand uh, back in the days of ad space decreased when during the uh, crisis because you know, as an advertiser, as a publisher, you have the option to have like five, six different spots for your ads for the ads that you allow it to happen. And then you can actually select whether you want the same ad to be repeated or not. And then there's many pages or many sites that you go and they have the same ad five or six times around the page. It's like wallpaper with the same ad in different sizes, formats, layouts and all that stuff. And it's like way overwhelming. So but so let me ask you if if um if you are on you know, a retailer with a uh, basically primarily online presence. How will you uh, adjust your budget mid-year? Normally, you adjust the, uh, you set up the budget at the beginning of the year, or depending on your fiscal year. But obviously, some adjustment is needed now for the second half of the year. So, um, how will you adjust your budget as far as saying, okay, well, guys, we need to do more less print or more direct mail or more online advertising, search ads, Google, uh, maybe Facebook, depending on where you are, Amazon. What recommendation do you have to people as far as how they should be flexible with their budgets or adjust them? For
1: digital, uh, I would just do what works. I mean, right now, uh, even though ad rates are going up, the conversion rates on digital ads, especially Facebook, Instagram, Google, to a large extent, like I said, Amazon, uh, those ads are just converting at super high rates right now. Right. So if you're making good money, if you're making a good return, I would just keep increasing the budget so long as you're maintaining that ROAS. If you can maintain a solid ROAS and double your budget, I don't understand why you wouldn't do that. Right. Uh, and that's what a lot <clears throat> of companies are doing. Uh, obviously, there's a, there's a limit and you have to play with those things. But yeah, I mean, right now, we are seeing the biggest e-commerce explosion we've seen probably ever. I mean, I don't think e-com has ever seen no, a that's, singular three-month growth period like this before. Yeah. It hasn't. So uh, let's put it this way. I think there's been $500 billion extra of e-commerce growth in the last three months, basically. Mm-hmm. That's massive. Um, and so that money is up for grabs as far as the consumer spending goes. So if you can afford it and it's working, whatever it is, if, if direct mail really works for you and you know how to do direct mail really well, do more of it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Do more until it stops working basically is the message. I now is not the time to be, uh, slow and cautious. Now is the time to basically say, Hey, we clearly are making a lot of money right now and basically if you had your a lot of e-commerce companies had their two year growth projections and they hit them in 3 months and so if you can hit the if you can do that and you have a real chance of doing that go for it because that could have a massive meaningful outcome for your company uh, for many years to come, if this next the final six months of this year do really well for you, because the thing that's going to happen, by the way, this Black Friday, I think, is that we're going to see. Uh, I think this year's Black Friday and it's Cyber Monday will be at least at least double what
0: last year's was. Well, yeah, we, for we <clears throat> this is funny you say that because we we actually did discuss this uh, back. <laughs> I don't know the time frame because it's been like a whole grayscale now, but um, <clears throat> we did talk about Black Friday and the fact that we're not going to have those crowds uh, flooding to the stores like, like, you know, doorbusters and all that stuff where people are lining up, you know, I mean, with all this social distancing in place, and we're talking November, December, but still, it's just not gonna go away. I mean, they're, no, we're talking because- about a second wave maybe coming, and obviously it's flu season, and it's gonna be a little more right. uh, challenging to separate the uh, COVID versus the flu and every symptom.
1: Number one, we're already seeing with people going back out, and obviously the protests where you have mass congregations of people, uh, and basically bars and restaurants opening, uh, just everything is basically kind of going back to normal now. Um, we're seeing cases spike again, and it's still the summer. Uh, We'll see what happens, obviously I think it's still gonna take at least a few more weeks to really understand what's Mm -hmm. gonna happen. Um, But then once the winter months come, in November, December, uh, I think that we'll definitely see a spike in cases. And I definitely think that these retail stores, you're not gonna have a regular Black Friday for a retail store where you just have hundreds of people lining up and going, it's not gonna happen.
0: It's not gonna happen. No, I mean, that's that's a giving. And, And those stores that are not planning for that right now are definitely in denial, because they think that, oh, we'll wait until, you know, Black Friday is the traditional weekend, or the, the 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 four or five weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas is when the retailers get to compensate for any deficiencies they have earlier in the year, as far as profits. And uh, uh, this year is just not going to be so much food traffic. I mean, it's just even even if the stores are fully open and everything, there's going to be such a constraint as far as social distancing and what they can do, and all the masks and this and and, and customers are just not going to be comfortable. Right.
1: And by the way. Not to mention that a ton of the retail stores are just going to be gone. Yeah. They're not coming back. Or
0: fewer. I mean, uh, uh, either the local branch that you were used to going doesn't exist anymore, or it's just gone completely. Right, so. right.
1: That's what I mean. That, I mean, there just I think it was Tuesday or Monday. Uh, there was, uh, I think it was Reuters or some, some company did a, an analysis, and they estimated that by 2021 next year, that a third of all U.S. malls will be gone basically yeah. they will be shut down um, and so obviously malls are a big money maker uh, and big uh, foot traffic uh, uh, attractor I should say for Black Nine Friday, minutes, Cyber yeah. Monday weekend basically mm-hmm. and if a third of those malls are gone people will be buying well I remember market. some of the
0: mall contracts for the smaller retailers are tied to the fact that the Anchor retailer the Macy's and the uh, Nordstrom's and all right. those are there once those Retailers are closed or bankrupt or whatever. Then that gives an an out to the other smaller retailer that had a lease contract based on those being there, and that allows them to kind of break their lease and say, okay, well, these guys are out, we're out too. This year, so, we are going
1: to see somewhere between ten and twenty percent of all retail stores just disappear this year, and so because of that alone, you're going to see a growth in e-commerce. Right, um, and then in addition to very likely social distancing policies that need to be put in place come black friday i just like i said i think that if you did a million black friday weekend last year i think you should easily expect to do two million this year or more i think it's that simple
0: and the other thing is that for the most part we've been almost two weeks of uh reopening the economy the you know some some economies like in or some states like texas started opening memorial day end of the end of may on officially, we started like June first, so it's been almost two weeks now. And uh, but we haven't seen that kind of um, difference. I mean, like you said, the cases are spiking up a little bit more, even though we're still under control. There's no overwhelm. There's nothing like it was obviously two, three months ago. Uh, but yeah, but I think they're not. They don't care about cases anymore. They just care about deaths. You, so well, they cases, care about both. The cases are the ones that overwhelm the system, and right? Then,
1: but if cases spike but deaths don't, right? Then I think they're just going to keep things going.
0: Sure. Yeah, they will keep things going as long as the cases are manageable. The thing that killed the system is that when you have a lot of hospitalizations and then some of those a percentage right. of those go right. to the intensive care intensive care units and you know having a respirators, blah blah, all that stuff is what all the system, the emergency room. So cases, just like you have the flu, yeah. okay? They. I it, know. I, I mean, it, it, that's it, a di- it's a different topic
1: of the public uh, opinion on the shutdown because it's a. I mean, it is really remarkable how fast the p- public opinion changes i mean just oh it's incredible two weeks ago everybody was like we need to keep it shut down we can't be opening too quickly it's irresponsible you need to be self-disciplined just stay home be responsible and now all, all bets are off no one cares
0: Yes, and no. I mean, we'll for 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 going out and on your own thing, like people were. I mean, in Arizona, we were so we were not so severely confined, but in places like New York and other states, but even they in were, New
1: York and New Jersey, yeah, New Jersey lifted everything. New Jersey said, "We're back to normal, baby. We're done."
0: Well, yeah, but but the thing is, when you, it is one thing that the state says, "Okay, we need to reopen and all that." In Texas, it's the same thing, but the beaches and all the stuff in California, right, but, but have, let me finish. But the, the challenge is that when you ask, actually ask people saying, okay, will you be uh, willing to fly? Mm, no, I don't feel safe in a I plane. I don't know, we'll see. Will you be willing to travel to... Um, listen,
1: we ju- uh, listen I, I'm not trying to be uh, political, but you had basically tens of thousands of people getting in groups together for protests, and those yes. were the same people saying... Two weeks ago, we need to stay home.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was an exceptional case with the protests yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah, but
1: exceptional... Non, I understand. I'm not saying that the protests aren't right. I totally agree with the protests, but the virus doesn't give a shit about your no, protests. No, no, I know, the I know. The virus just says, oh, yeah, baby. Yeah,
0: it, it is on or off, but... Um, you know, they, they consider it differently because you are, like, outdoors and... I don't know, it's just... It uh, mindset yeah. is different, if but... You're it, out,
1: outdoors is... I agree. Outdoors is different than indoors, but... You saw the pictures. No, I saw the I, saw that, but, I mean, but, but, when you get they, shoulder to shoulder with ten thousand people, it's
0: all about confidence. I mean, people feeling confident. And you go to protest and what then you, you feel confidence. Well, meaning it's not about confidence. The virus doesn't care about your confidence. I, I know the virus doesn't, but it's the people, the people's attitude. So when you ask the same person that could be demonstrating peacefully somewhere, saying, "Okay, Black Lives Matter and all that stuff," all very nice outdoors, shoulder to shoulder with another person that he or she thinks is safe or whatever, that same person you ask him, and he's been Already in service, and they say, Oh, right, would well, you get on a plane and travel on vacation to go three hours away, whatever, in fluid or something? No, I, I, I don't feel safe traveling just yet. Like, somehow, being in an airplane, confined with air recirculating and all that stuff. We'll see. Is I'm, not, not safe. I'm not
1: sure about the flights, but I'm saying uh, it's amazing how quickly people went from it's irresponsible to be opening this soon to screw it back to normal well i mean it really just seems like the the far majority of people are at this point just saying i don't care anymore whatever
0: i don't yeah i i think it's not a radical but it also doesn't help and i want to i want to deviate too much from the marketing part but it also doesn't help when like earlier this week the who came and said oh well uh, asymptomatic case asymptomatic cases are not uh, rarely are the source of uh, contagion or something, and then the CDC says, "Hey, wait a minute, no, that's not true." Yeah, I, I couldn't like, believe they said that because like, it was I based mean, on a very small study. Right, but uh, the thing is that if we've learned something from the last three months is that nobody has a fucking clue of what's I, going I, on. If
1: we learned anything in the last three months is don't touch, trust anything. That WHO right, says. I mean, it's
0: like it's like everybody has a different opinion. You you read different headlines and news from even different countries oh, and I different know. governments. I everybody headline. has the whole opinion.
1: I'll see one headline that says. Uh, literally like yesterday I was reading and it was basically like, I, it was, I think it was, was it Texas or Florida? It was one of the two. And it basically says, uh, I think it was Texas. And it says, Texas has been open for weeks and basically they've been fine. Nothing's happened. And the next one says, Texas hospitals re third
0: day in, re- in a row with record they, cases, they re
1: engage their emergency procedures. Yes. Well, literally like back to back headlines. I'm like, so which is, its it? Is it uh, totally fine. Right, and or the same is thing. it back to emergency? Like the
0: WHO mode? was saying, no, asymptomatic people are not really a source of contagion and that stuff. Which basically was the reason why we said, okay, even if kids are but not, we don't know that. Well, I know, but that's what they said. This is WHO, okay? And they even did, retracted the comment later, saying, okay, we need to be more careful how we phrase this because they because based the, it CD- off the a CDC, study, but I know, it was- but the CDC said no, that's not true. The WHO is saying yes, that's the case, and then they said, well. Uh, it, it's not exactly. Is that it's people that may not have the virus, that may not have symptoms, but they they had the virus, but they have recovered, and right. they don't have symptoms, and they, they start just, convoluting mean, the answer. It's the same
1: thing with the uh, hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, I don't know what the answer for that is because I see one day I see oh it doesn't work at all, it's a total sham, and then the next day I see oh in France. Yeah. Uh, it works tremendously, and basically this drug s- saved France because now they opened it so any doctor can prescribe it. Basically, they don't need any special permission, uh, and they can just write a prescription. Which is it? I, I don't I really don't right. know. I right. see uh, every day I see about hydroxychloroquine. Half the people say it's great, it works, and the other half people saying oh it's stupid, it doesn't work at all.
0: It's the same know. thing with the uh, social distancing. They say, oh, 1.5 meters or six feet or two meters. or It really doesn't matter, like we saw with the protesters. It's the mask is the important thing. Or maybe they say, oh, like schools are reopening, and we're going to get into that topic. But it's like, uh, gloves are not needed, but yeah, they, they have to have distance and masks. The kids do not need the masks. It's like, oh, what the fuck? It's like, it's so freaking convoluted. Nobody knows what to do. Restaurants, the same thing. They're opening, and they say, okay, you're going to open at... 30 40 percent capacity which is basically like a suicide pill for all these restaurants because they're not going to be making any money with 40 percent capacity and then it's like yeah but the people that go to the restaurant they can sit down and eat and to eat they don't need a mask but when they're not eating they need to put the mask on some of them require you like a face shield even and then they say and every time you get up from the restaurant to go to a bathroom or something you need to put your mask back on and, and it's like oh, it well, was so much for going and having fun in a restaurant or eating or being socially engaged if I'm going to be like a freaking robot there with all kinds of things, you know? So it's not that easy, but um, uh, but, but the main thing is that it looks like when you do like this constant surveys and studies that you re- read on the internet stuff and obviously they are all very contradicting, but it seems like people... S- it, it
1: ultimately they- seems like Thankfully, this virus was not as bad as we thought
0: it might be, right? Basically, right? Uh, and it was very highly contagious, more than any other virus that we've known, more than the flu, whatever. Not as lethal for the average person, unless you have pre existing conditions, so you were older and things like that. So it it wasn't well, it
1: was lethal, but it wasn't as lethal as we thought it could be, right? Basically, right? Uh, and that's it. I mean, and and
0: then we know we didn't.
1: Now, I want to say. I've seen a lot of people playing hindsight here and it's very easy in hindsight to say, Oh, we shouldn't have shut things down as severely. Oh
0: yeah, I agree. I agree. That's
1: stupid. Okay. Because what if it actually was way worse than we thought, because if it was the opposite and the virus actually was way deadlier than we thought, and we kept things open, we could have seen way more and, and
0: then, and then you don't know. I mean, they they're blaming, and again, election years are the worst for any kind of uh, situation because the the, the press tends to push everything one way or the other, depending on which side they side on, they side with. But um, you know, they were blaming the uh, the government for not shutting fast enough, and now it's like, okay, well, we shut the economy for too long. Now they're saying. If there's a second wave, we're not going to shut the economy again. We're going to take measures or whatever. I mean, this countries that never did it like Sweden and all that stuff. And whether it's correct or not, it's a different lifestyle, different uh, everything. So maybe it works for them, which really didn't seem to work that well as far as cases or deaths and all that stuff. But, you know, it's a smaller country with a much more spread uh, population. But but really, like you said, it's Monday, money, Monday morning, quarterback. Yes. I mean, people, it's 100% everybody, morning, everybody is trying to just predict what is happening in the past. That's very easy. Okay. I'm not <laughs> it's a contradiction, but yeah, I know I know very well the things that have happened. I just don't know what's gonna right, happen. Right, and
1: the same people who it's same with the stock market, right? Yeah. There's lots oh, yeah. of people now who are saying, it was so obvious that the market would stay going up because the Fed was gonna do this. I was like, you didn't know that? It's like, right. where were you when the market was down 30% in two weeks, well, I mean, okay?
0: It's, it's like, it's always easy in hindsight to say those even, things. Even these financial sites like the Yahoo Finance or uh, CNBC and all that stuff, they use the same headline. I actually do it in the morning. It's funny because they have the pre-market and they say the futures, and they say um, futures um, looking um, like increasing 200 points or something with uh, uh, good prospects for the future of the economy reopening all that stuff. And then all of a sudden the futures drop 200 points because of something, and they say the same thing, just they change the headline. Oh, futures are looking down based on the prospects of the economy, not opening uh, fully as expected or not. It's like nobody knows everybody's adjusting and 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 giving you um whatever has happened but nobody knows exactly what's going to happen you know so but but that's okay i mean as long as they admit it and that's what is so frustrating too when you go to the news media in general i mean all of them i'm so frustrated with all the all the news outlets out there because it's almost like you have to get everything from the right from the left from the middle from every single source and then come up with your own funnel of assumptions saying okay these guys are saying everything is extremely bad these guys are saying everything is extremely good and now i'm gonna have to look into in the middle you know like <laughs> i think i was reading a book i'm reading a book right now by uh, um oh shoot i forgot the name of the author is uh, from the, uh, the um scott adams and uh, he was saying when every news outlet agrees on the news story, like saying, okay, a hurricane is coming, be careful, find shelter. Okay, the left, the right, Fox, CNBC, MSNBC, whatever. Everybody's gonna say the same thing. Hurricane is coming, find shelter. Okay, then you should act upon news. But when one says, this is happening. Be careful. The other thing is, oh, this is not happening. No worry, whatever. Then it's like, forget it. It's no news. I mean, it's just basically everybody's taking a side. You know, so it's, it's hard these days to find well, a new source. Yes
1: and no, though. I mean, the pandemic was real. The and pandemic there were was real. some outlets saying it wasn't real and some saying it was.
0: No, no, no. The reality of the pandemic is real, obviously. It's just the acting on the pandemic or the severity of the pandemic some people were saying well the actual yeah, but the actual death know, rate
1: when you're looking at the severity of the pandemic uh, and you're going to fox news or msnbc uh, that's the wrong source oh exactly that's I wouldn't what i'm go saying to them well they don't know what they're talking about right basically. but i mean the majority of people go have to a bunch of pundits who know jack shit about oh, oh, virology, I, and i so agree but
0: most of the population they go to either Fox, which is basically you, you get what you want to hear, and then MSNBC is the same thing on the other side, and CNN is usually more on the liberal side now, and then they side, obviously they, they hate Trump, so they're gonna say completely the, the opposite. And uh, But in reality, I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, uh, you can report the numbers however you want, but you can actually look at the numbers and say, it's like a headline saying, oh, the US reaches the gloom number of two million cases. Okay, yeah, we have two million cases, the, the death rate is not, Really, that huge? I mean, obviously, a hundred plus thousand people dying from the disease is is bad. Like one person is bad. You know,
1: we were discussing this other day that I don't really understand about the virus that in the U.S. the death rate was much lower than like in Europe. All the European countries, the death rate was double or triple the U.S. And I don't really know why that is. Because I we, cause we had this discussion, and we thought, okay, well, maybe it's because people are more spread out, whatever. Okay, so then I looked at New York. And even New York's death rate was a little bit above the national average, but still compared to, like, France and Spain and Italy and UK. Uh, but that's exactly oh, my point, UK, that you read all this. It was, like, half the death rate of those countries. Oh, and UK, I don't understand UK why. UK is the worst. Because, ah. like, basically like you could say the density and i thought maybe that was the answer but new york is just as dense as those other countries and but their death rates were still double was it that there was a different strain in europe that was much more severe i, I don't really understand why the death rate is it the us healthcare is better i mean i don't really understand why the death rate would be double or triple the us in these other countries i really don't i don't double know double
0: or triple in the us i'm sorry
1: or- Double or triple that In of Europe. the U.S. Basically. Yes, yes. The um, U.K.'s death rate was triple that right. of New York's.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, France. Was the more U.K. Than the U.K. has about thirty thousand people. You know, thirty thousand uh, deaths right now. Right. Which, when you compare the population of the U.K. with the population of the U.S., is like double our death rate. But the headlines you see there on all these papers is like, "Oh, the U.S. how the number one." uh country in the world, the most developed country in the world, has two million cases. It's like, yeah, because we're a bunch of people here. But then when they look at our death rate, yeah, a hundred thousand is a lot of people. Right. But right. Say and when you compare I now. I can't
1: believe people really think the U.S. has the most cases.
0: Yeah, I know. We don't. It's just it's just the absolute versus relative, and you know, it happens everywhere. People no, just but don't I, know. I don't
1: mean just that. Even absolute. Well, I know. Uh, China has way more cases.
0: I mean, look at uh, Brazil. Just Brazil just Brazil, went. I know. Oh, Brazil. Just just went from saying, "Okay, we have so many cases, we're gonna stop reporting them," I know. and everybody said, what "The fuck, dude! I you know. just still need to report oh. the numbers." And then they said, "Okay, we're gonna go back to report," and who the heck knows what numbers they're reporting? It's
1: ravaging a lot of villages yeah. in Africa too. Yeah, and they have no reporting. They have no not right. It's like. Okay, just because the U.S. is the a big country that is actually honest about its reporting doesn't yeah, mean that we're the exactly. worst. Basically.
0: So, but anyways, back to um, the economy and all that stuff. Before we take a quick break, um, the um, w- what I was going to tell you is that it seems like the the fact or the event that will make people feel more confident is when there's some kind of vaccine or something available for. I don't think it's for COVID. Take that. Well, that's I think
1: what, I think within this next month, will really be the deciding point. Because if we go... Because basically everything's almost back to normal in the U.S. now. I mean, we are really opening things up. They are, uh, but not
0: back to normal. I mean, the restaurants and shopping, and there's a lot of restrictions as far as... Yeah, but, the, like I said... In some places. There's
1: restrictions, but then there's also not. There's no... You, bars you have, are not
0: open, comedy no, clubs. lots of bars are open. Uh, some of them, but I mean, like the gatherings, movie theaters... Um, okay,
1: I know, but you... it's. It's a juxtaposition because you can't go to a bar, but then with, you can't go to a crowded bar, but you can go to a crowded protest. Well, but look at sport and events, so, same thing. I mean, right, it's not- but my, my point is that things are really opening up now in the U.S. Um, and we'll see what happens in the next month. If things go get bad again, then uh, I don't know what's going to happen. But if things up, stay how they are right now and keep opening up, and then, okay, we have a spike in cases, but not really deaths or not really a ton of hospitalizations, then I think people won't care anymore.
0: But let me let me ask you a question. There's something some, something that I really wonder, like gathering ple- places where people gather close, in close proximity, like sporting events, obviously we see NASCAR races, basketball hasn't come back yet, but it's gonna be without spectators. Every sporting event is gonna be, baseball is probably not gonna come back.
1: Basketball may have spectators actually.
0: They may, they're thinking about it, but we don't know. Um, then uh, football, we don't know. Anyways, all these things, they say that to be safe, there's going to have all these restrictions and probably no people. Even even in Europe, the same thing. All the European leagues are back in place and they have no spectators or anything. The soccer leagues and everything else. So, the but they they say the spike in cases. I mean. What, how severe that has to be That i mean doing doing flu season for example which is majority of the football season all that stuff people gathering stadiums is cold as shit in most of the country they're there with the snow and the cold and all these football games that we see especially as we get closer to the winter like thanksgiving christmas i'm sure there's a spike in cases of flu i mean you see people that are there like some people yeah, are like
1: this is much more deadly than flu well
0: i Well, it's much more contagious. I'm not sure about deadly. Oh, are you kidding Um, me? It's way more deadly than flu. Well, I mean, like I said, I mean, you have sometimes 60, 65,000 people. Yeah, but those numbers are wrong. Did you see that? Yes. No, no, they are real numbers. No, no. Did you see
1: the report that it was Scientific American that basically said uh, that, like, in the U.S., the number that said, like, last year 60-something thousand people died of flu, they said that's not true at all. They said that the CDC very often, and it's been known for years, Greatly exaggerates flu deaths because they want people to get flu shots. Okay, well that's the whole thing. They that's, said that they think
0: probably ten thousand people a year. Die okay, well that's this. another point. If if we can even trust the numbers from the CDC, you know, now that are coming up with the exaggerate or whatever. But the point is that people, no, but it's much more deadly. Well, we, but, but the, I, I don't. I'm not saying people that die. I'm people people that get it. Okay, with, with basically,
1: very simply, even if the numbers right, sixty thousand people died in the flu of the flu last year. Okay, that's with we had no restrictions whatsoever. We had massive shutdowns, and still over 100,000 died in the U.S. Yes, so but obviously we also but,
0: but we also don't have a vaccine. We have a flu vaccine every year okay yeah, so even even with a let, let's say that the number is true or correct and it oscillates between 20, 30, 40 60, 40 whatever depending on the strength of the flu season but we have a flu season over the world that comes and goes and all that and then we have a vaccine that is given every place they say okay flu shot flu shot whatever and yeah, you still have 60, not everybody gets the vaccine okay I, that's the point when was the last time you got a flu that's vaccine that's the I don't get it okay, but exactly no I know no that's the point but there is a vaccine now the other thing is how many people will get the COVID 19 vaccine when they do it or if it'll be combined with the flu because it's at the end of the day it's another coronavirus which is a respiratory virus so but but the thing is when what I was trying to come up is that when they have all these sporting events or any type of event where people gather together, the reason why there's more flu cases is because, yeah, people gather together, they breathe these over things, they have contact. We already know about washing our hands, sanitizers, touching things, you know, all the stuff in the winter is normal because there's much more flu going around. So... When the coronavirus if there's a spike now because we're starting to open the economy and we have demonstrations and things or maybe sporting events, whatever, and it comes back, okay, well how bad is it? Is it something that is manageable? Yeah, okay, we have so many more cases. We don't That's report, what I'm saying. we'll find we out. We don't report cases of the flu every day. We don't see oh we have three hundred cases of flu today, or oh, four hundred cases tomorrow, or oh, for the month we have two thousand cases. Okay, we don't report that. Okay. So well, we do. You don't see that in the news every day. No, you don't see it in the news. Okay, we say, it. okay, This the, you see sometimes, oh, this year's flu season is going to be terri- terrible. Blah, blah. Everybody needs to get the flu shot. Okay, fine. You know, we, we hear that, but you don't in the news every day saying with yeah. a little chart, 300 today, 400 yeah, tomorrow. Of uh, uh, obviously. Of course. Because it's a known entity, a known event that happens every year and that you need to... Load up on vitamins, some um, healthy and all that thing, stuff. that's the thing
1: that in the U.S. every year millions of people get the flu. Not that many people die from it.
0: Right. So we get into a situation where we say, okay, well, millions of people will get some kind of uh, COVID-19 uh, infection. Few people will die, which is basically the case. How many more people than the two million that are reported have gotten COVID-19 that are not reported? a lot of people, I talk to a lot of people that say, um, I think I had it. I yeah, felt like but this, that's, you know. Okay, well, w- there's no way to test it. There was no way to test it before. Um, but I, I think
1: if I had to guess, maybe there's actually 3 million cases right. instead of 2. But it's not like, oh, 20 million people
0: had and, it. And I don't, don't you think so. now that we have more testing available is also a reason why we have more cases reported? Because before they were unreported. Yeah, no, of course you have more testing. Right, right like, of course. But right. I mean... Uh, I that, mean, it's the, like you have a freeway and That's why I
1: don't think that there's way... Like, I don't think that there's actually 10 million cases.
0: No way. Right. But the, the mortality rate... We know the people that died of coronavirus or COVID-19 because they go to a hospital and die, unless they die in some other place. But for the most part, the death rate is a more known number than the contagion rate or, or, or you know, cases rate. Number. So if, if you are on a freeway and everybody's speeding, but you don't have any traffic cop trying to control the speeders or anything, it's like, oh, everybody's over the speed limits. And all of a sudden, you put a cop there with a radar gun and it's like, fuck, 20% of the people will go over the speed limit. Okay, we have 20% of the cases now before we had zero just because we're testing now. Okay, so with the COVID 19, it was the same thing. In the beginning, there was no testing. I mean, there was basically no testing in the world. So a lot of people had the cases and then they were like, they thought it was a flu some people said yeah i thought i had it I had this kind of dry cough i all of a sudden i felt like shit and this and that and then it kind of went away or i got off the plane and i had this thing we don't know maybe it's just a typical flu cold things or maybe they have a light case that was not that severe because their body was more able to fight it you know now that we have more testing everybody's basically can go to their drive throughs or clinics or whatever and say hey i feel bad yeah you have it or no you don't have it it's different so there's more numbers so that's what i'm saying that when the numerator or whatever the the cases increased is not so much about i thing. it's just that we're testing much more now as long as the death rate decreases which is where it's happening and then we get to a place where uh we're kind of comfortable being uncomfortable thinking okay well yeah i have the same case of getting COVID 19 as as if i were getting uh, a severe flu or whatever you know and it's just a matter of what i decide to take a vaccine or not or you know any other thing so um Any other uh, so to wrap up the e-commerce news and all that, advertising definitely is um, is the way. Online advertising, I think. Yeah, I mean
1: uh, to put it very simply, the um, five-year plus growth projections of the digital economy got moved to now. Right. That's the very simple thing. The the digital (laughs) revolution was supposed to happen was happening slowly over time, and we had a five five years worth of growth in three months. That's the summary. That's that's basically. the fact. That's what and, you need to And, know. and that's why I would so, say. But the way I put it to people that I've been putting it to clients and stuff is, uh, basically, don't think as if you're in 2020, think as if you're in 2025. Right, because which is that's
0: super hard for clients what to- What happened? To accept that, yes.
1: That's fine. But the, the ones who act like they're actually in 2025, which is basically what we're in, as far as the growth projections, are the ones who are gonna win. Um, and that's, I, I think, And not just, not just. Forget about just digital marketing, in that sense. I mean it overall. The consumer, uh, I I think consumer behaviors got moved up five years in the future. Mm -hmm. I'll give you other examples. Um, uh, I think that within the next few years, uh, I actually told this to you the other day. That basically, like, uh, do you know what Roblox is? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. For those who don't know what Roblox is, it's similar to Minecraft. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's different now. It started similar to Minecraft. It's like um, which
0: is also a game.
1: Yeah. Well, it started as a video game. It's old. I mean, it's been around for like 15 years or something. But uh, it started as a video game. But it's not really a video game anymore. It's basically like a secondary digital world, really. And uh, this is the fascinating point about it. For kids under 15. In the United States, the number one thing they spend their time on, screen time. They look at percentage of screen time spent on things. The number one thing they spend their most time on is Roblox. And I think if you ask the average person over 30, they don't know who, what the fuck Roblox is. But it is huge. Minecraft, same thing. Video games, Fortnite, same thing. People, who, if you go look up uh, the but Travis... just
0: now with pandemic time? What no, this is already happening. Okay. I'm saying
1: it's accelerating. Go look up Travis Scott Fortnite concert if you didn't see that. Video games are changing from video games to basically third... Basically, digital worlds like Second Animal Crossing during this pandemic has exploded. Okay, D- digital. Basically, now all of these fashion companies, you can buy Jordans for twenty dollars for your Animal Crossing uh, person, and in Fortnite, same thing.
0: Well, all you all can
1: buy even sports, esports now. You have. can buy jerseys. You can buy an NFL jersey for your Fortnite player now, mm-hmm. and you can pay $25 or something and get a your NFL jersey on your Fortnite. These things are happening. It's People are calling it kind of the metaverse, mm-hmm. which is basically the secondary digital world. Right. And I think if you had told anybody a year ago that people in their 40s will be in the digital metaverse, they would have said, you're insane. Yeah. And I think that they will be. I think that everybody will be by twenty twenty five in some type of digital metaverse basically. In the same way that older people said they'll never be on Instagram and now everybody's on yeah. Instagram, it's gonna happen.
0: Well the e uh, esports, as you know, now you have a lot of people that are participating in Well games and-
1: esports grew you know, the funny thing about esports that happened during this pandemic too is it grew a lot too. Why? What's the difference between esports and regular sports? Regular sports, you need to be in person. Esports, you don't need to be right. in person. So Not too,
0: esports saw no And the other big difference causes. is that is that esports, like, like I know, for example, in racing or in, in basketball and all that stuff, you see people that are, okay, you need to be a good race car driver to be a Formula One driver, but you don't need to be a good race car driver to be on esports. And then you see celebrities and people that are racing with the real F1 drivers on well, esports. Well, you do. I mean, what and, do you mean? Well, I mean, you need to be a good gamer and to, more than a racer. You know, so they have all these. Yeah, it's a different skill set. Exactly, exactly. So you see a lot of people that are playing with famous or currently active Formula One drivers, like you see Lando Norris or whatever, that they are like big on esports and they are fighting with people that are good gamers on esports, but obviously they will never have a chance to drive a real car. You know, so they have these races and then you have all these celebrities and people that are going like, Mario Andretti Mario Andretti is 80 years old He'll never be in an IndyCar Yet they had the Indy 500 During the Memorial Day But I think Here's the thing And he was racing there And doing very well And people were like Holy shit this guys
1: I think that the The digital versions Of real sports Are not gonna be The eSports Like NBA 2K FIFA F1 I don't think that's going to be the big esports. It's just not. It's not. Those Those are very, very tiny in the esports world. They have
0: leagues and everything now. They're yeah, just but that's,
1: you Look at ratings. The biggest ratings for the games are the number one by far is League of Legends. League of, oh, yeah, of course. League so of Legends. To put it in perspective, uh, League of Legends, then there's a game called Dota, there's a game called Counter Strike, Fortnite. All. To put it in perspective, uh, in the United States, now, I don't think most people are aware of this, the number two sport in the United States as far as viewership is eSports actually. The only thing that's bigger in the US than eSports is football still. It's Mm -hmm. bigger than baseball, it's bigger than basketball, it's bigger than everything basically. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize that yet. And especially with the under 30s, which is the biggest crowd. Like with under 30s, do you know what the, the, the sports rankings is?
0: Under 30s, esports, football, basketball.
1: It's number one is actually basketball, more than football. Okay. And after that is esports.
0: Okay, so basketball is still first. Okay. All right, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back to um, discuss the future of um, education. Oof. We'll do it very quickly, but, yeah, we'll be right back. Thank you. All right, welcome back. Uh, David, um, this second half of the show, um, I wanted to... Um, Shift gears, really, and talk about um, a little bit of education stuff. I I have a few friends that are very young, college age, basically. And um, they are kind of wondering what to do this semester. I mean, we're in June, and they need to start making decisions as far as... Some of them, you know, don't really know whether they should sign up for classes or wait. Uh, Part of it is they don't know exactly... If uh, they're going to be in a classroom with, you know, surrounded by students, if they're going to be safe or not. The other part is basically if they are paying a full tuition with all the expenses or traveling to, you know, living on campus or something. Um, if then the school is going to say, "Oh, sorry, we government says that we cannot have classes yet, and then we need to have Zoom lessons or something." And then they're paying a full tuition in the tens of thousands or whatever, and they can't really afford it, and then. They need to work from home or basically study from home. And the other option or the other factor to that is that most of the college students are financing or paying for their education with part-time jobs and things like that that are somewhere near campus or even on campus. And now they won't be able to do that. Some of the stores, restaurants, bars, whatever they work uh, are closed. So they can't really supplement their income or pay for any of the expenses with that income. And then if they, even if they try to work on campus with some of the jobs that are generated on campus, if it's closed, obviously they cannot do that either. So so you add the fact that they don't have any income or ability to make any money with the fact that they're also in their houses, you know, with a Zoom class and they say, well, I still have to pay ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 tuition. So I know you have also <clears throat> a lot of more friends and contacts than me in that kind of situation. What do you think is going to be happening, you know? in the next uh, semester, which is basically starts in two, three months when people need to go back to school or decide what to do. I'm talking mostly college, obviously. Obviously, high school, some things are different.
1: Ultimately, what dictates everything is what employers want. Um, And so the reason why college was seemed as a necessary thing for a long time is because employers basically required it for a lot of jobs. Like, if you didn't have a degree, they basically wouldn't even look at your resume. Uh, a lot of employers aren't doing that anymore. Even Google said that we don't even look uh, at colleges anymore. Uh, I know most small business e-com people that I talk about, they don't give a damn about your college degree. Uh, and I think especially because people know how ill-prepared people are coming out of college these days, that college does a horrible job of preparing people. Uh, you know, Ultimately, employers care about skills. You know, When we're hiring people, it's like, I don't look at you when you're okay. Last last time you hired someone, did you look at their degree at all? Did you care at all? No,
0: to me, more than the degree is experience. But obviously, there's a there's a catch twenty two. If they don't have experience, they it, nobody hires them. Therefore, they cannot have experience for you. But I actually always hire people kind of on probation. You know, I I because everybody sells themselves very well, and then obviously when it comes to actually playing the game, is different. So, but
1: it's about skills. Yeah, exactly. It's, so so what can you do? And so college
0: it's pretty clear, doesn't really
1: teach people the skills they
0: need. College um, is all theory. There's no practice. There's no really yeah, like- Yeah, and the, even
1: their theory is outdated. That's yes, the problem. that's a whole different. Um, and so because of that, I think businesses and companies really don't care about your college degree anymore. The only places where a college degree is still valuable, in my opinion, is if you go to a prestigious school. Because even though they have their own issues and they're elitist and there's a whole that's a whole thing we could get into. At the end of the day, if you have an Ivy League degree or a Stanford or an MIT or one of these top schools, you're gonna get a job. It's you're just gonna get a job because of that name, okay? But for the ninety nine percent of schools, they don't guarantee you a job at all anymore. And uh, or
0: th- or if you're pursuing a career in some kind of like a lawyer, corporate, yes. med- medicine, if, doctors. Yeah, and uh, I even think
1: uh, I even think there needs to be change there because like I mean the fact that uh, I mean we have a shortage of doctors in the country and not and it takes so long to become a doctor, it takes so much debt to become a doctor. I mean, doctors for the first 10 years of their career are just paying off their debt. So that's a whole other uh, rabbit hole again we can get into but for the general workplace like for the majority of people who are like business majors communication majors all types of things right. they are just gonna get desk jobs type of things you don't need a college degree you really really don't you need skills and there's way better more efficient ways to acquire skills than colleges um, and I think that uh, I'll just be honest with you I just think that All of these universities that have been spending so much money on administrative costs, on building new buildings, all this fancy, unnecessary shit that has nothing to do with learning are all going to be in trouble. I really so. So
0: so why, and this is just in the US, I'm not so familiar with what's happening uh, with what's happening elsewhere in other countries, Um, but I know in the US, the cost of education has increased 10X compared to the cost of living. Uh, We we know that in the U.S. healthcare and education are the most expensive or the two most expensive um, factors for people's lives. But uh, even education is 10x where uh, healthcare has increased about three times or four times compared to the cost of living uh, just for inflation. So why are colleges more and more expensive? Why is tuition more and more expensive every year when really, as you said, and I know too, the college degree is less and less valuable every year for certain careers. It's very simple. It's incredible.
1: It's very simple. There's basically two main reasons. Uh, The United States government, many years ago, decided we're gonna guarantee student loans. Basically, I think most people know this. Basically, they guarantee a bank that they will get paid back by the government if the student doesn't pay them back. And that the student, if the student doesn't pay them back, that they will basically, take the money directly out of their accounts even if they declare bankruptcy it doesn't matter the loan is guaranteed so you mr bank are guaranteed to get your money back that is insane because then banks basically said okay well we can just give money out to anybody because even if this person is getting a shitty degree that is not going to get them a job anywhere at some shitty college, we don't care because we're going to get our money back no matter what, backed by the U.S. government. So they basically give loans to anybody and everybody that caused an explosion in new students and costs. Why? Because colleges and academic institutions, they might pretend that they're for the good of the people and that they're great and nice and honest. They're not they are greedy like everybody else. And they realize, oh, these banks will give out loans to anybody because they're guaranteed. So right now our tuition is 10 grand, but guess what? If we made it 20, the bank is still gonna give them the loan and we'll just make twice as much money without losing any other students. Basically in any other business, if you 5X your costs without improving the product, right. you're gonna lose <clears throat> all your customers. Right. But they could do it because the loans were guaranteed. And because there was this brilliant propaganda that you need to go to college to get a job. And it didn't help that corporations were requiring it, basically. If you didn't have a uh, a bachelor's degree, your resume wasn't even looked at. You just get thrown out. So all those things led up to, basically, college tuitions increasing. Where does that money go? building huge buildings. I mean, look at all these campuses. They spend so much money building all this shit that's unnecessary. Administrative costs have gone up 10x. Go look at all these deans and all their salaries. All the deans of every school have multi, multi-million dollar salaries. But that's one of the things, yeah. It's insane. You should see some of the salaries at some of these schools. I mean, HR people at a university make 600,000 a year. It's fucking crazy, okay? They make ridiculous amounts of money. That's where the money's going. And then why are the degrees worth less and less? Well, because there's no innovation required, basically. Colleges haven't innovated in 50 years. And the number two, what happens when you increase the supply? Right now in the US, there's about 20 million undergraduate students every year. In the 70s, there was about 8 million. So you've had more than double the amount of students. What happens when you increase the supply? The value of that paper goes down. So that's what's happening. The college degree hasn't been innovated on. There's way more people with degrees now than there were before. So it's worth much less basically. And colleges have jacked up their prices because they can get away with it. Because they say, we can take advantage of students and get away with it,
0: and look like the good guys. So that's one of the things. That's why. you know They used to sell you like, oh yeah, college education is needed, it's just the personal growth and this and that. And then out of the blue, over the past quarter, between February and the end of the year, all of a sudden all the colleges closed and they had zoom classes and all that stuff that was fine for the two three months but then all that stuff went out the window when they said okay what about the importance of college campus life and blah blah, blah and all this recruiting and everything that you do there it's when all marketing it's, it's all, all it's all marketing. bs of course That's all it is of course so so now again going back to you know i think they thought that everything was going to be taken care of and sold by the summer but it's not and now the students are starting to make decisions saying okay do i enroll for this semester? Do I actually go to the bank and ask for a loan? Do I decide to pay $20,000 for something that I don't even know? The, the school is not even telling me at this point in many colleges if they're going to have classes or not or in which conditions. They're all waiting for the local officials to recommend to, to hear their recommendations which is a good excuse but they're going to say hey guys, no matter what, we're going to have Zoom classes. Um, because of that, we're going to reduce the tuition by 75% because by the way, you have to pay your Apartment, whatever you are Under your Wi-Fi or whatever And buy this equipment Where is all that coming from? You know, so, I mean Students are going to have to Replace the The indispensable life on campus Or whatever with now Not having that And just having I mean, might as well just go to YouTube And learn shit And that's what they do Right
1: That's what college is Right I mean, that's literally what college is College is going and watching YouTube videos Watching
0: videos on YouTube On their channels That are And, free. Stuff. and then doing online tests that are totally ridiculous. So, so this is going to be something. I think you mentioned before that you see a lot of schools are going to or colleges are going to have to. Here's the thing:
1: the consumer always wins. That's the beauty of the market. The consumer always wins. Okay, you can get away with screwing over the consumer for a period of time. Okay, we see it all the time. Like we were, I've mentioned to you before. Like all, all these cable companies and internet service providers. They totally screw over their customers. I've ne- have you ever heard someone say, you know who has great customer service? Time Warner. Yeah, or Cox. Cox, Yeah. Uh, whoever, right? Nobody, nobody. Why? Because they can get away with it for now. Guess what? When 5G comes out, when distributed internet uh, service providers come out, they're all fucked. And you'll be happy to see Cox go down in flames because they screwed you over. That's what we have here. I'm sure there's so many people out there listening that are like, I would be, nothing would make me happier than see Time Warner go out of business, right? Okay, well, it's gonna happen to them pretty soon uh, as technology evolves. Same thing with universities. Universities, they basically taken advantage for 20 years of this beautiful system. The economy was doing falsely great, but great on paper uh the loans were guaranteed they had this great propaganda machine that even I mean listen even in high schools they make it seem when you're in high school like if you don't go to college, you are gonna be homeless on the streets and you're a worthless piece of shit. That's what they make it seem like. They don't say never once do I remember in high school them saying college is an option and it's a good option, but there's other options. no no no, no no it was like you either go to college or or you're a failure. But
0: not only that, they actually make you go to college right after high school when a lot of people are not even ready for that. And it's like, okay, well, college is going to be there. I can go there at 20 or 22 or 25. You know, I can always try to make a living or start my own business or do something on my own without getting into debt. And then, hey, if I fail, I can always go to college l- later and try to find a normal career, you know, through my diploma or whatever I get. But it's not like a either now or never. You know, so you come out of college and you come with a fifty thousand dollar debt or something, and then you need to find a job which is not gonna pay you that, and sometimes you end up doing a job that is not even in your field and then all of a sudden you get married or something, and it's like all of a sudden, you're in debt for the rest of your life you know with debt that, that doesn't write off as you said because it's not go it doesn't go away so
1: and the solution by the way is not this is the problem that I have with uh you know, like when a guy like Bernie Sanders comes out and says, we need to give free college for everybody. He's not addressing the core problem. He just wants to raise a ridiculous amount of money to pay these crazy tuitions. Why would the government pay a public university, by the way, which is funded by the government, 40000 a year in tuition? That's, that's nuts. Yeah. These tuitions should cost 4000 a year, mm-hmm. not 40000 mm-hmm. okay? It's crazy. But they cost that because the government guarantees it. If the government didn't guarantee it and you had a regular free market with competition in education, which, by the way, is coming. Educate. There is many, many competitors for these legacy universities that have much better programs. A lot of them use ISAs, uh, income share agreements. So basically, right. they only make money if you get a job
0: and you that's, get paid. That's something which that even the major schools are, are. Well, some of them are getting into most those. don't do that. Most don't right. do that. Right? No, no. no, Most don't do that. And by
1: the do. way, the bullshit thing that colleges sell, especially like the Ivy Leagues and all that, they say they care about education. They don't care about the value of education. Because if they actually cared, they would raise the amount of people they accept in their school. Right. They don't care, okay? Harvard has had the same fucking number of students for 30 years, okay? They don't raise it. Why? Because that's what makes it exclusive. Right. They don't care about education. There's no reason why Harvard couldn't 5x the amount of students they get tomorrow and provide education to even more people. Mm-hmm. But they don't do that because then they lose that brand. That's all Harvard is. Harvard is a brand. Harvard is the Gucci of schools. That's all it is. Don't get it confused. Which is
0: fine if they want to continue doing that and then for certain degrees or all that stuff. But the students also have a choice on saying, okay, well, it all comes to employer, like you said in the beginning. If the employer is looking for the Harvard student, then fine, they're going to find it. But if they're looking for a person with skills in some other fields, they say, okay, what you've done? Oh, well, I started Facebook, by the way. I worked there for the first five years before I quit. Okay, that's pretty fucking good. When did you start? I was 18. I actually went to uh, the code contest or whatever with Zuckerberg, and I won, and he hired me, and then I started my own thing. It's like, okay, forget the college degree. You know, Unlike that, there's tons of examples of people that are entrepreneurs that have started businesses and continue this and that. I mean, you get a real-life education as far as running a business as opposed to coming out of college and saying, okay, now but what? You don't
1: just have to run a business. No we, we think about that because that's who we are. But most people don't want to run businesses. But you don't need to. Like right? it's very scary not to go to college because you're told your whole life that you have to. And that there's not basically college is the clear path, right? College is the, the thing about school that doesn't prepare you at all for the world is that there's a clear path. You take this class and then you do this and, and then you do that and you graduate. And in real life there's no clear path. I understand you have to make that. your own path. But it's and, a path. Well, let me finish. And it's scary because you're told that that's the only path. And to go off that path is to basically tread out in unknown waters. And you really don't know what to do, but you can do it. And I think more and more people will do it. And there's gonna be alternatives. And that you don't need a degree to get a job, you need skills. So what you should do if you don't wanna go to college, is spend your time learning skills. Because if you learn skills, and you can prove to an employer that you have real skills, they will hire you. They will hire you. That's what they care about. And, uh, but it's, yeah, is it riskier and scarier? Yes, but that's only because right now the paradigm hasn't shifted quite yet. I think it's about to i think it is about to i think it's well, about it has to, to shift because where it's
0: the only thing that with all the progress that we've made over the last 10 years as far as everything technology internet and everything it looks like college education is the same as it was 10 15 years ago
1: it's the same as it was 50 years ago right They've exactly
0: changed. you finish high school you go to college you get a letter from you apply to 10 or 12 then you get accepted you try to find some scholarships and then the rest is up loan or some effect, and then you go to college and you spend four or five years and then you graduate, it's exactly the same thing. Nothing has changed. And it's like, okay, well, everything else has changed. Why college is the same procedure? Not only that, it's even more expensive now when my, like, because again. they
1: could get away without, innovating. exactly.
0: Well, we just went through that. That's so, why.
1: and now there's real players who are really innovating. And I think that they will provide real competition to these universities. And that if they don't respond, that they're going to lose. A hundred percent, they're gonna lose. These are these bloated administrative staffs. I mean, it, it's crazy that now at university you have more administrators than you have professors. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's why do we have these things?
0: Well, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if uh, with this new uh, situation with the um, pandemic after effects or whatever, um, if um, colleges are going to adjust their model and say, okay, well, we're gonna start doing like more online distance learning, which is an option. Um, or just a yeah, race. but then
1: all the value of the college is gone. Well, I know. No, but they. The, the biggest lie in, in college that everybody, like, there's always the, like, the, the, there's one of those things that's like, what's the biggest lie that nobody admits? And it's the biggest lie in college is that you go there for education, you don't go there for education. Right. You go there because it's a four year party, you get to have fun, yeah. you go to these beautiful campuses, all that stuff. And you get away from your house and all that yes. stuff. Yes, that's why people go to college. Well, that's true,
0: that's true. If
1: all of a sudden college is online, then you're just there for the education, you well, can get that education as, as, for free. Well, you as, don't need as college. more
0: and more employers start accepting online diplomas or degrees and college um, uh, graduates are online, then that will change. Because now there's some online academies that do that and some employers are starting to accept those as as legit degrees. So they will have to adjust. I mean, it's just just what's going to happen.
1: There's going to be more and more uh, digital education companies that pop up that give people real skills that teach people real skills and when those employers start recognizing oh wait i can hire this guy who went to whatever university and he has no fucking idea of what he's doing and i have to teach him everything or i can get this guy who he doesn't have a degree but he went to this online certification school, and I know that people from that school because I've hired them before or I've had a buddy at another company hire one of them right. who has real skills. And he said he knew out of the gate, I didn't have to teach him shit, he just knew that he had the skills already. Right. They're gonna hire that person. That's what's gonna happen. And that's when you'll see a <laughs> reckoning for these universities. Mm-hmm. You need, the, the real solution is the government needs to stop guaranteeing the loans, first yeah, of Yeah, that's for sure. And yeah. then number two, you need competition. Because if you have no competition, this is what happens. It happens in every industry ever when you see that there's no competition. But when competition happens, then people have to get better. Prices come down, right? There's no other, there's no unregulated market in which prices just go up forever. It only happens in these regulated markets where there's good intentions, right? The government did it with good intention. They guarantee the loans so that more people go to school, but then the, Ac- the academia, who are supposed to be the bright haven of society, they're greedy fuckers too, okay? Well, they're mean, humans. If, if they I took were, advantage. That's what they do. If I did. were a
0: home builder and I say, okay, I'm going right. to give this guy a mortgage, and right. the government is guaranteeing the mortgage, and I can sell you the biggest house in the lot because it's like, okay, right. I don't care if it's a million dollar home and you can't even afford it because if you don't pay me, guess what? The government is going to pay me. Then you deal with the government. And that's what's happening with college, which is really, really sad, and, right. I, and, and especially it's a bad situation for Imagine students. Imagine if
1: the government came and s- to the uh, Ferrari dealer and said, we'll guarantee you Ferrari loans. Okay. Well, they're just going to start selling. Hey, do you have money? You have? You don't have any money? It doesn't matter. Here, we'll give you a loan. Here's a Ferrari. If you can't afford it. That's your fucking problem. Well, that's, that's what, what the what next, the
0: the next uh, recession will be with uh, student loans and um, car loans and everything that is basically loan markets for people that are extremely aggressive because they don't give a shit whether you can pay back or not so anyways david it's been um it's been great it's been almost an hour and a half and we both have a lot of things going on today so um anything else that you'd like to uh, add to uh this rant no we're good <laughs> no don't
1: okay. go to college it's scary not to but you don't need it
0: well i mean there's nothing wrong really i mean there's nothing wrong you don't feel comfortable or certain of what's gonna happen in the next six months push it back work do something be, be creative come up with some skills for six months and then maybe in January you can join the uh, spring semester or maybe the next summer just spend the whole year polishing your skills or developing some kind of um, skills in your own and this is a perfect time because really it's not a last year I mean it's already a last year for a lot of businesses so maybe you can uh not to mention it's thing. never
1: been easier to make money as a solo entrepreneur freelancer yeah exactly or exactly if you learn <clears> skills <throat> and then you just start promoting yourself there's no reason why you basically th- i'm not saying you're gonna get rich but you could make a living for yourself oh absolutely basically yeah and there's no reason why you couldn't uh, if you put the work in and get the skills yeah I mean, it's that simple so anyways yeah. but it is the, it's the unproven path and that's what people are afraid of right
0: All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening and um, we'll be back next week. And um, that's it for today. Bye everybody.